do the Zoom at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you what you drinking uh what's going on here? You got a screwdriver in the morning? <laughs> this is called a COVID cocktail, vitamin C. <laughs> ah, goodness gracious. Oh my. Okay. Well. Why don't you well, start? Because you were when did you get sick? Because we didn't tell each other when we got sick. Yeah, you're right. Um all right, well, welcome to another episode of 100% Real. This is, <laughs> this is a different episode because we might not be discussing any films. But we'll be discussing our lives, which in some ways is a film. <laughs> um, recently, both Jasmine and I have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, thankfully, we are in good spirits. We are in good health and that we're grateful that we didn't have as extreme of a case as you have might have encountered or seen yourself. I'd like to start with a disclaimer. We're not doctors um, and we may make light of our own personal situation during this show, but we do recognize and honor and acknowledge that our people, there are people out there who don't have, who aren't as fortunate as we are and who have experienced devastating effects due to COVID um and the way our government has handled this pandemic so far but just want to share our own personal experience with it what we did and what we're doing moving forward and even what brought us here the decisions that we made that brought us here too so explain yeah, to me okay so let's start okay we know that we both contracted covid because I had a small gathering at my apartment and we weren't wearing masks. So I know you're thinking, well, you guys look like two young, intelligent people who are well-informed and we were, and we thought we were doing the right thing because it was a small gathering. We trusted our friends. We still trust them because you never know the source of this. And honestly, it's no one's fault. But we thought in having less people and not sharing things, not being in each other's faces, not sweating and dancing, that we were relatively safe. And then we got sick. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting because um, it, it's, it's almost like it's ingrained in our brains where it's like, oh, you know, avoid large crowds, you know, individuals shouldn't really be doing weddings and um, this and a third. And our concept of like what is safe is something that I think that we kind of created because the CDC never really said or anyone really saying, hey, you know, groups of seven or less are fine, right? We've kind of made up our own minds and it made sense logically. So I think that what, you know, what we, we encountered what we did I, I still, initially back then, maybe even still so now, I feel like it was within a safe parameter. But it, I think it just goes to show there's always going to be a risk no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's 10 or 2. It's just if you're encountering someone, you have to be willing to accept the risks that they might have COVID and you might have it. And, and, and it's true because we were like, oh, I think I felt safe 
because you know things were opening back up it was okay to go into restaurants it was okay to go outside um events were happening like you know stuff like that so that's why i was like okay i just want to hang out with my friends and you know we weren't six feet apart and we weren't wearing masks unfortunately so that may have been but it's true like you create this false sense of safety in your mind and i think because it's been so long that the pandemic has happened that I was like, oh, you know, it's been such a long time now. I've probably been in contact with someone and I just didn't get it. I'm probably immune. You know, you start to rationalize. But this just goes to show you that you are susceptible and you should still be cautious. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think that was one of the most sobering parts of my diagnosis of turning positive was I realized, you know what, I'm not, I'm not invulnerable i'm not and not that i have this concept where like yeah i'm cavalier I, i'm not gonna wear a mask or I'm, I'm gonna touch everything and whatnot but i really did think it really made me realize that wow i really did think that i was never gonna catch this because i thought you know what i'm not regularly sick i think i have a pretty good immune system i probably have been exposed in the past nine months of this pandemic i'm probably fine and that was just a that was just a false sense of um, confidence that I think that no one should really possess. I think you should always be careful. And it's you know science can only go so far. Like I really did think that my body, my genetics—not that I'm superior in any way—but just I thought I'm probably impervious to this. And that was the most sobering thing where I realized I'm not. I'm not superhuman. I'm not Superman at all. So I have succumbed to this. So yeah. So when did you like? start to feel sick so we had the party on a saturday when mm -hmm. did you feel something um i think it was probably earlier in the week like monday or tuesday i start to get like a little bit of a sore throat and i thought eh, you know this is just a sore throat and here's the interesting thing too of course this party was on one of the days where the seasons was completely changing and you know we were experiencing nice 70s weather and then now it was hitting 50s and 40s yeah, I and, said that. I was like, it's so cold. You came outside with a little jacket. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, wore a little hoodie. And um, yeah, so I, I was shocking up to that. And then I think it was um, up until Wednesday morning, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not feeling good. Let me let me get a rapid test just in case. I want to rule this out. And yeah, I encourage all listeners, everyone, if they're feeling ill, absolutely get yourself tested. Um, Interestingly enough, the results of my test was actually negative, and it was a, a rapid test, and those are known to be a little bit um, unreliable. And um, yeah, so I got this test back negative, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't have it. I guess I just feel terrible after I have like a weird virus or something. How terrible did you feel when you take took it? Because they said you have to be like really in the thick of it. I felt pretty bad, and, and they took my temperature. I had a 99.8. So I definitely, that's considered more of a low grade end, um, but I still felt like I had something. So I knew it was some kind of viral infection. And it, uh, it is interesting that you mentioned that now, because I think that the following day I did feel worse. I did feel worse. Um, and, but once again, I had this false insecurity. Oh, I'm negative. And not that I was running around town. Obviously, I was sick. I even like skipped a work event because I knew that I was feeling sick. And the last thing I wanted to do was infect anyone with any virus. So I stayed home. I didn't 
thankfully I didn't talk to anyone, didn't leave anyone. And um, well, I can talk to people once fine, but <laughs> physically being around people that is. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until like two days I, I felt real bad and it went away though. So I really only had uh, a, a temperature for like three days. And then I just started to feel better after that. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's like, it's interesting because I didn't start to feel bad until Wednesday. So that was like, you know, the party was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So that was like four days later. And it was very strange. The reason why I didn't go to get tested immediately because I didn't think it was COVID. I didn't think it was anything because mm. that Wednesday, um, and let me backtrack a bit. Like my roommate started not to feel well on Monday, but she's always kind of not feeling well. Like we're literally always kind of like achy and we thought, eh, it's just like, you know, being in quarantine thing where sure. you're achy, you're not sleeping, you don't have a good schedule. So I was like, oh, maybe she just has a migraine because she didn't have a sore throat. She, we didn't know she had a fever because we didn't have a thermometer. She was just like, I feel so fatigued and like my head is hurting. So that's when I was like, all right, let's start drinking ginger. You know, I'm like always trying to do kitchen stuff. So, mm. <clears throat> and I was fine the entire time until Wednesday. I got an electric bike and it was delivered to my house. And that day it was, the temperature was so low and it was kind of drizzling and I went out on the bike anyways. So <laughs> I rode around and when I got back, I was like, oh, I feel terrible. And I was like, I feel terrible because I was outside. So I wasn't feeling well, but I didn't know anyone else from the party wasn't feeling well until that Friday. So I didn't think, oh, COVID. I'm just thinking I was outside in the rain. So that's sure. why I tested until this Monday, which mm -hmm. is a week after the party. So. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, too, because I never for once thought that my sickness was caused by the party at all. Ah, we, we find, need to find a new word. Party makes it sounds like we're dancing. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just a gathering. <laughs> a gathering, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah let's, let's change that up. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's very interesting. It, it was never my inclination because... It didn't even like compute that I was like, oh, I feel sick. Oh, was I in a gathering of people? Yes, but it wasn't even because I think we're still so trained to think like, oh, maybe I touched something on the bus or maybe I was in a, you know, a 50 person event. When once again, reality, it's like, no, it's just one or two people you need. So, um, and that's what yeah. the contact tracer was saying too. Like, you know, we are using the gathering that we had on Saturday as like the, to measure our infection period. But like in reality, we just don't know when we got it or like even how so many people at the party spread it. Because like I was telling the contact tracer, it's not like we were like making out in each other's face. <laughs> All right. No one was twerking, you know. <laughs> there was none of that. And there were other people at the party who didn't get it. And mm -hmm. It's gathering. And there were less than 10 people there all together. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and everyone has been tested and has tested negative. Um, and you know, when I tested a week later, um, I was already, I was 
pretty bad, but I was starting to feel better. Definitely better than I felt that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but still pretty sick. But mm-hmm. again, I didn't, I was taking Tylenol, so I had no idea how sick I really was because I was taking Tylenol around the clock and it really just holds everything at bay. Yeah. So that's just, um, you know, I got tested a week later and then, you know, he had taken his first test and it was a negative, but I had taken the contact tracing training. So I kind of knew that, um, two things, like you have to be really, really sick when you take the test. And two, uh, you really have to wait till like four days after you think you may have been in contact with someone. Um, just because like your body is still, you know, you can't get the high count in there when you're testing. So I was like, just take it again, just to be sure. And then you took it again. Yeah, absolutely. When you texted me Sunday, it's interesting too, my, my timeline of symptoms. So I had three days of virus and then three days of just like a sore throat, kind of fatigue, but that was about it. But one thing I, I noticed in retrospect, I wish I caught it sooner, was that I was starting to lose my sense of taste and smell. And I was just chalking this up to like, oh, maybe I always had this, but because I had this fever, I wasn't able to like think about that. Um, but yeah, I really was not able to like taste things very strongly. And even right now to this day, I still don't have a great sense of taste. I'm able to like tell if there is something that's salty or sweet, but I can't distinguish very specific things per se. So it is very unique, but that's a telltale sign. And it's interesting as I told this to my, my dad and he was like, yeah, that's interesting. That's peculiar. Cause I, I always forget that it's not necessarily a normal symptom of a general virus losing your sense of taste, your smell. Yes. That's very understandable. You're congested, your sinuses are messed up, but this virus really attacks very interesting parts of your body and limits the ability uh, for a taste, which is very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's another thing too, I think we should normalize or rationalize that coronavirus does affect everyone so differently. You know, we always hear it is a respiratory issue and it certainly is, but I didn't have any problems at all. I didn't cough once and I still obviously test the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was reading too, because I, you know, rightfully like read articles um because there were so many things happening to me that was like beyond what they said to look out for for corona so like the most the thing that stood out the most to me was how thirsty i was i had Mm. never been this dehydrated in my entire life and I say that because I was drinking Gatorade, I was drinking tea, I was drinking water, I was drinking orange juice. I was drinking literally all day long and I wasn't going to the bathroom as much as I should. Um, And I was still so thirsty, my lips were so dry, my tongue was so dry, like my eyeballs, I had to take my contacts out. Um, I couldn't even watch TV sometimes, I just sat like this and I put like a hot wet rag over my face just so I could get some moisture, but I was so dehydrated And then, you know, uh, the other day I Googled to see if other people who had COVID were experiencing the same thing and they were intense thirst. So there are like so many symptoms. Like I had that, I had the low grade fever, I had headaches that felt like 
my head was being squished. It wasn't like a headache headache, but it just kind of felt like, like my head was kind of a balloon. And I realized it's because I was like dehydrated. My oxygen levels were low. Um, I didn't have an appetite. You know, I lost my sense of taste and smell a bit too. And I didn't even realize either. I thought, oh, yeah. You know, I'm just eating bland food. I'm sick. Maybe I need to brush my teeth. But then I would brush my tongue and I still couldn't taste after. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the lack of the, the tooth. Because I have a very stingy, sting, stingy toothpaste. Is that the right word? Probably not. A very powerful toothpaste then. And it's, that's a telltale sign. I'm able to drop that on my tongue and not really feel anything. <laughs> oh, um, when you did it. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. Another interesting thing about lack of taste Usually when you wake up, at least for me, I'm able to taste like grossness, knowing that I need, and I don't really have that when I wake up. Those are really weird things, things you don't think about when you don't have your sense of taste. You still don't um, have it until today? I, it's, I actually think, believe it or not, I think it's actually coming back to me. Mm-hmm. I just ate a weird salad that I wasn't supposed to receive, but a gift from the gods of Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to eat some trash full disclosure, and let me tell you, God's plan, someone had other ideas, sent me a, a vegan salad and a unsweetened tea, but, um, and I was able to taste a little more things, so, I mean, by the grace of God, hopefully my, my sense of taste is coming back, um, but I, it's funny you mention this right now, I realized I had this, I had no appetite, and I think that sometimes congruent with fever and whatnot, but when I didn't have my fever, I still didn't have an appetite. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a really weird thing, and now I know that. And I just, you always just chalk everything else up to you being sick. What, so what were your, like, whole list of symptoms besides your taste? Yeah, I think as a total then, it was, so if I list list them all out, fever, sore throat, Mm -hmm. general fatigue, hmm, sense of panic <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then the, the lack of the appetite and uh yeah that's all i can think of right now but that's a really good point that you you made yeah it's so weird yeah. you know you're supposed to like eat and you're like wait the whole day has gone by and i haven't eaten and i don't even mm-hmm. feel anything yeah <laughs> I felt the same way for even drink. Like I, I had to force myself. I wasn't really thirsty. So that's interesting that we had opposite symptoms or I was not thirsty. I don't think I was dehydrated. Um, and I just didn't have the need to drink, but I forced myself to drink because I knew, oh, I should probably, you know, get myself up. But yeah. So I guess, so my experience is interesting because I didn't, test positive until after all my symptoms were gone so the past few days I've just been like okay well I guess I had it and I guess I still have it but I don't feel any effects so it has to be a much different experience when you are feeling these these extreme symptoms and I wonder how that affects you even more so on a mental end because it's just oh I have this I'm going through it right now Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, what was your experience with that? Like, when did you test positive? And what were you feeling at the time? Because for me, I was already more or less better. I was, so I was kind of in the middle of it. And um, 
but I was feeling okay. Like during the week when I was my most sick, I was working still and kind of, I was there and I was not there because I was like still laying down and I think I only did like a half day's work sometimes. But when I took the test and then I got the results, I was reading it during a, a work like meeting, like a work video call. And I like immediately shut the camera off and I was like, like frozen. I read it on the screen and I was like, wait, I, I'm not reading this word positive because I've taken this test a few times this year now and it's always been negative. So when it came up, I was just like, no. And then I started laughing. I laughed. And then I just like literally sat there very still, very quiet. Um, you know, I told the people who were at the gathering, told my family, <clears throat> and everyone starts texting and calling me, and I'm just like, no way. And then my dad calls me, and I cry on the phone with him. Mm. I was, do you think I'm going to, like, be fine? I'm going to make it through this. He was like, yes. And my dad survived COVID, too, so I felt comforted when he told me that. He was just like, let's get the vitamins right now. He said, start doubling up on your multivitamins and he's like just whatever you do just keep fighting it do your lung exercises every day so I did that um but at the time I was feeling like major chest painting and anxiety of course because I was very anxious to have gotten a positive so but my first order of business I just wanted to tell everyone I had been in contact with so but it was it was very very scary and then it was scary because I was like, wait, I feel fine, you know? So I didn't know if like, I started counting my days because I know a lot of people are like eight days, nine days. And I was like, okay, what day am I on? If I can just get it to like the eighth day mark, like, you know, I would have passed um, whatever statistic I created in my head for this thing. But it was, yeah, it was very scary because it does affect everyone differently. Um, if you've even heard about kids younger than me, like not surviving this. So it was difficult. <clears throat> yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned the, the laughter part. Cause that's, that's how I felt when I, cause I, I really didn't expect to test positive. Um, I was at a point where I realized, you know what? I might've, I might have it. I might've had it but I'll figure it out from like an antibody test. Cause I just felt like I just didn't suffer enough to necessarily warrant that I've had this. And yeah, like the respiratory stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I might have, it might not, but I probably not. And I got the, it's interesting. Cause I, I went through this like app through my urgent care and like it was, didn't say positive or negative. I got like an email and I was reading this email. I'm like, what's going on here? And the only word that was bolded was positive. And I saw it. And I just started laughing. I don't know why. And it wasn't even like I was laughing at any aspect of the coronavirus. Obviously, it's a very serious situation. But that was my first inclination. I was just laughing. I was like, how is this positive? I think it was just, I was in shock. And as soon as I was, I was also on the phone with one of my friends. And he, he just heard me laughing for like a minute and a half straight. Like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it's just a positive, by the way. Um, and it's just, but it, it very, it's interesting because it really feels like a movie. I was like in total crisis control where I was like, okay, what are my next steps, right? 
So I immediately like, informed my employer, like, hey, this is what's going on. I'm going to have to take off. I have to cancel all my meetings. I immediately got in contact with people who I might have interacted with the past um, week and a half. And it's tough. It's a sobering moment, too, to kind of like, it, it does feel like there is some shame involved, for sure. Or yeah. I had to email um, some people I, I interacted with. I had to do that. I had to go, I had to tell a medical professional I, was, I saw five days prior, even. And that felt real bad um, that I put them in danger. And, and also on another note, it's because I got this false negative back. I thought, okay, well, I just have a general sickness. And I didn't seek out like people to hang out with, but I ended up going to a doctor's appointment. And so I called the doctor's office and like, listen, you know, I went to your, your office out of the pretense of I am tested negative, but it's not the case. So you should get your employees tested. I'm sorry for interacting with anyone there. Um, just goes to show the dangers of the, of the false negative and how inaccurate that is. Yes, right? And it just puts more people in danger. But um, yeah, but yeah, like yourself, I think I was just in shock. It was just, wow, this is happening. But I am very grateful and happy that I'm happy that I was at least at a better level physically. So it didn't affect me that much. Right. Yeah, it's it's the false negative as well. I feel like they don't talk about that enough. And um, what's what's great, though, is that the CDC does recommend that even if you feel sick, you should you know, quarantine out. And that's what we did, my roommate and I, when we were sick here. We were like, we had so many plans, so many things to do that week. And then when we started not to feel well, we were like, okay, let's just cancel things. But what's strange about COVID is you get on this roller coaster because I, I don't know if you experienced this, but I would wake up, I would feel fine. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fine. I'm through it. I'm over it. Then like, two, three hours would pass and I would literally feel like very, very, very sick, very sick. And then I would go back. And so it was like up and down. And so like, I'm glad I had canceled like a few plans, but I felt better enough that I ended up having something um, a week after, um, like on a Sunday and someone was here, but the entire time she was here, I was wearing a mask because I was telling her, I feel sick. Like, so I'm just going to wear a mask. Like, I don't, I didn't, I still didn't think it was Corona. And I'm like, like, literally mm. knocking myself because the entire time I was sick, it literally never crossed my mind it was Corona. Because unlike you, like you said, you had a good immune system. I don't. I'm literally always sick. I have like strep throat. I've had mono before when I was younger. I had like really bad stomach ache. I've had like really bad ear infections my whole life. So I'm just like, whatever. Like I'm just sick, sick. And, but I've, you know, started taking on the mentality of wear your mask and stay away from people like when you're sick, which I'm grateful for because, <clears throat> you know, I got so many false, like, so much false sense of wellness this entire time during COVID. So that's why I'm even like cautious now. I'm like, do I really feel good? Like, let me track, you know, how it's happening. That's why I'm like, I hope it stays because I had the roller coaster. And my dad said mm. he had like the same thing when he was in the thick of it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely had more like anxiety driven like bouts that have happened typically like when i wake up in the morning it's like my brain is the freshest i'm always thinking like am i breathing okay 
Hmm. You know, is everything all right? And I didn't have any respiratory issues, but I always have this like irrational fear or rational fear that, yeah, like I'm having some compression issues. And I think a lot of that, unfortunately, is just mental anxiety driven where I know I have this virus. So I don't, and no one knows enough about it. So anything can happen. And yeah. I think that's the scariest thing is that we really don't have any concrete evidence on exactly how this virus works, what it affects and how long it affects you too. Right. So there is that unknown sphere. Whereas if it's like a strep throat, which is still terrible. And I actually will argue it's probably one of the worst feelings of all time is strep throat. Um, at least there's some known aspects. So there's this kind of this peace of mind where it's like, you know what, I have this, but it'll eventually go away. And the coronavirus, it's like, yeah, it might go away because we don't have enough evidence to say this will go away or not. There are like people who for like two months, um, they still, you know, feel like low grade fevers and stuff like mm. that. Some people are like, they got like spots on their fingers and toes. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. It's like they really don't understand this enough. Yeah. And I, I think that you you get, you tend to see a lot of these outlier cases highlighted in the news. And I think it's it's difficult because yeah, it, that does occur. But also I think there's I guess there's a selfishly there's a peace of mind where it's like not everyone goes through that. And like we obviously will hear about these outlier cases, but it doesn't make their stories less uh, true or less dangerous so it does affect everyone differently and that's what I think it's like I'm glad I don't know glad is not the right word but mm -hmm. I think more grateful that it came like I, I got sick during this period because we do know a bit more and we do know people that survived and we do know what those people are doing. Like um, my family was like immediately went into like, make sure that you're taking vitamin C, D, zinc, elderberry, turmeric, garlic, ginger. And so, you know, cause they all uh, came through with it as well. at a few family members. So, you know, I had everyone that went through these experiences and all the, every time I had like a new symptom, I would say to my aunt, oh my gosh, is this like something that you went to? And she's like, yes, I did. And it'll be fine. She's like, just mm. like, you, you'll get through it. Like even with like chest pains and stuff, she was like, if it feels like this, then do this. And, you know, measure on a scale of one to 10, <clears throat> you know, she works in the hospital. So she was like explaining to me everything that she felt, but you know, even to the point of my family telling me, get up and do something, like use your brain, use your body, because you don't want to just lay down all day, because that's mm. actually good. And, you know, telling me the long exercises and stuff. So I am grateful um, to know people who did go through this and um, who have come out of it, because they were able to give me some really great advice and keep me calm, like mentally calm, because I think it's also a, a lot of, not mind over matter, but you do need to be mentally strong to be able to fight this, especially because I was alone when I was going through this, literally in the house, so. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it is this mind over matter where, yeah, I think that our mentality does dictate a lot of our physicality even. We, we manifest a lot of things that might not be true based off of how we're thinking. And so there is, that is a big element of, of, 
of being positive, of trying to fight. The body will respond to that. And I think even physically too, you mentioned um, some of these lung exercises and I was talking to someone, this was like back in April and, and he was saying how that, how based off of his evidence of he had it, that he would, you have to physically fight this virus. If you're, if you're feeling downtrodden with the lung, yeah, you breathe harder, you know, physically fight this, this virus, you know, don't lay down, don't, don't succumb to it. You can actually overcome it just by battling itself. It's a funny concept, but it's completely true. So, um, definitely, yeah, for anyone who does have those symptoms, absolutely. You can fight this. You can improve your body strength while you're under, under attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the mentality is great. I mean, even just hearing like, you're going to be okay. That feels great. I don't yeah. know how true that is, but if it, it feels great, I need someone to tell me that in my life. Maybe I need to, <laughs> the contact tracer said that to me. He was like, um, uh, he said, and I'm grateful that he said it. And he was very meticulous and he took his time. But he was like, I just want you to know that for most people, this isn't fatal. And he said, you will probably be just fine. And I was like, I felt like mm. he said that and it meant a lot to me. He gave me so many resources and, you know, cause he, he could tell I was um, informed and I wasn't obsessing over it because, um, you know, I was on both sides. I was on the side of, oh my God, like maybe I'm having like this false sense of wellness and I might you know, something might happen to me. And then on the other side, I was like, no, I'll be totally okay. It's just going to be like the worst sickness of my life. But I was going through both of those things. Okay. After talking to contact tracer, they gave resources for people that you could call a hotline as well and doctors. Um, But just talking to people who went through it was the most comforting. So. Yeah, absolutely. And my biggest fear right now and it might seem petty but not too much as I really hope I regain my sense of taste and I was talking to my sister last night and it was encouraging because she had a lot of colleagues and friends who went through um coronavirus and she was saying yeah most of them a lot of them just it came back to them and just needed to hear that whether or not scientifically that's right or not it's just it's nice having resources it's nice reaching out to people who have survived this and have gone through it because it's very yeah, it's a, it's just an interesting thing. It's it's like a, a I don't say it. It's like a crisis. It literally and, is so unique. Like yeah, you know, we did have other um, illnesses and virus in our lifetime, but I've never been like personally affected by them until now. And you know, when you're young, you also think you're sort of invincible, like we were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't. Even in the beginning, they were like, this is something that affects like the older population primarily and da 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 da. But now, you know, really taking my health seriously, <clears throat> you know, taking the green juice and I'm just being way more conscious now. And now I think I'm definitely, I was wearing my mask before, like I'm pro mask, all of that. But now I'm going to wear more regularly, even when I'm just sitting amongst people. And they did say that, like the CDC, you know, did say that they were like, oh, even if you're just like mm-hmm. out in a car, or you're hanging out in someone's house, if you don't know them and you don't quarantine with them, you should be wearing your mask. So, you know, it's just things to keep in mind. And just- yeah. And that's the double edged <laughs> aspect of having it. Cause you do get these antibodies and whether or not we know how protective they are, um, 
I, there is research showing that it does prevent you from catching it again for the most part. And at least it allows you to be immune in some situations, but it's almost like, yeah, you have this newfound power of the antibodies, but you also have this awareness. Now you have this like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to be extra careful. Even if I'm extra, I have extra protection now. That's at least how I feel now. If I'm going out, if I'm ever in a gathering again, sometime down the road or, I just know that I'm going to be more cautious, even though I already have these built-in powers, so to speak. Once again, I'm not validating that anybody saves everything or that you should be reckless with now that you have them. But it's interesting that, at least for me, I have a better sense of awareness now for being a lot more protective, at least going forward. But Yeah. Yeah, some things that I'm taking with me... Um, after this and like what I'm just worried about or concerned about moving forward is um, what are the long-term effects um, of having had COVID? You know, we came out of this and stuff. We had kind of a mild case, um, uh, but they do say like, you know, some people have long-term effects that they're going to live with for the rest of their life. And that's why I'm I hope that I don't. And I just don't want to feel like any shame, you know, about people mm. like me. I don't know if people are going to treat me like a leper or they're going to be like, well, you have COVID. Like, because, you know, they do say, like the city said that I only have to quarantine until tomorrow. And then after that, I can hang out with people. But then I also gave my information to the database. And so like, if someone comes in contact with me, they'll get like an alert or something like that. And then even like my friends know that I had it. Um, and I don't know how people will feel. Like some people have told me, um, they're okay. They're like, yeah, it's fine. Like I, I will hang out with you. Like, I don't mind. Like if once you're well, like that's totally okay. But I don't know when I will feel mentally like ready as if I'm not putting someone at risk to hang out with them. <clears throat> yeah. Those are all valid points. And there's no, there's recommendations and guidelines, right? But there's no like concrete, like you know, 79 hours. You are hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah. It's, it's a lot of unknowns, but, um, yeah, I, I think I'm willing to wager. I think that you and I are going to be okay long-term. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel you on the, on the aspect of it. it is, there is some, I did feel shame. I didn't, it's not, it's not even like I was intentionally trying to catch coronavirus. I wasn't reckless at all to, you know, general standards, but I still felt bad having to tell people, Hey, I contracted this and it's, and I shouldn't worry about this, but I do. It's kind of like, what do people think about me? Like, Oh, that Micah, maybe some people who don't even know me as well, who I had to interact with. I wonder if they now have this preconceived notion that this, you know, Micah guy is a little bit reckless when in reality, <laughs> if you know me, I'm not really, I'm really not, you know, not. I make dumb decisions sometimes, but I'm, I'm smart enough to understand the coronavirus. So, right. um, it, but, it was difficult, right? Having to go around and tell people like, like isn't yeah yeah it's it's you have to tell people that you oh you may have contacted this so mm -hmm. right right <laughs> even revealing it to people i took i kind of took my time a little bit i i took me about 48 hours to tell everyone that i usually talk with mm -hmm. um 
just because it's a lot. It's just a lot to tell someone that and you don't know how they're going to respond, if they're going to call you. I mean, obviously it's with love. They're not going to chastise you. At least the first part. Maybe they'll chastise you later. (laughs) (laughs) Also makes it real, right? Because when Mm -hmm. you tell people, it's like, wow, now I really have coronavirus. I like said it out loud and, you know, like sometimes I can be a bit superstitious, (laughs) you know, from a West Indian background. So it's always like, you don't want to claim that you have this. And it's like, (laughs) like, no, I have this. And um, it's as real as it can get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think everyone, yeah, it's just a different process of of how they're told, they told someone or what their responses are. Um, But yeah, it it does make it real. It makes it real once you say it. it's interesting though, yeah. It's an interesting process. I really want to say, I feel for people just to give advice. Definitely Tylenol, cold and flu. <clears throat> if you have a mild case like me, of course, I'm not recommending as a doctor. And if you feel something with your chest or breathing, please go to the hospital because that's not something you can take care of at home. But as far as the fatigue and the thirst that I had, I had to get Gatorade. I should have also gotten like Pedialyte just to make sure that I was um, staying hydrated. I had a humidifier, life changing because I didn't think I would not have been able to sleep with a dry nose, dry mouth. The humidifier, it really helped. I used to stand in the steam showers. Tylenol, uh, PM, cold and flu drinking orange juice and just taking my vitamins every single day and talking to people as well. And I had to take off work this week too, because I wasn't um, going to be able to concentrate. Yeah. That's my, my, yeah. That's my one regret is not taking off more work because physically I was fine, but the mental aspect, I just, yeah, you're right. Spot on with the concentration. I just, thankfully I, I canceled most of my meetings, but there was like some tasks I, I feel like I didn't have to do, I shouldn't have, but you know, I, I actually argued myself. I think that's also my, my, my pride talking, my HR director, she's great. She said, take off. I want you to take off. I said, no, I'm fine. She said, no, you need to take off. So I said, I'd be grudgingly like took a half day and I'm happy she she pushed it because I really thought that I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. But you know, I'm probably still a little bit in shock. So there's this concept of not fully processing what you've had and, so yeah, I definitely recommend taking off whether or not you physically are unable to do your job or not. I think it's there's still this mental toll of coronavirus and you need you need to process that and it's time to think about that. Yeah. yeah, that was the that was the thing too. Like I had rehearsals this week. Um, and when I found out that I was positive, like physicality aside, the mental anguish that it took on me, I told then I was like, I really just need time to like process this because it's, you know, very scary thing. So I'm really glad that everyone was so understanding and everyone has continued to be understanding. And, you know, all the prayers of like my mom, my grandmothers, my parents, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and all of the, the thoughts and well wishes of friends too. Like, I'm really, really grateful for that because there are, um, <clears throat> you know, not everyone makes it out of this, so. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's us. 
This is 100% real. <laughs> Keeping it real, special episode COVID edition.